You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. What's going on, folks? This is Alan, producer of the TNF Show. In this episode, Taylor talks about what goes into engineering your environment and how that has changed for him over time. As always, if you've got a topic you want to hear more about or get further insight on, email us at podcast at trafficandfunnels.com. All right, let's get to the show. I've been really kind of wrestling with the idea of environment design lately um, and doing as much as I can to make you know, my version of success inevitable. I have a pretty clear picture like where I'm going, like what are the life accounts in my life that are important in terms of like family, work, adventure, all that. Um, but I, I find myself I, you know, the, the ever optimist and kind of maybe wanting to be in a stage like that you're at or a lot of people in this room are at. I come into a room like this where, you know, People are doing big things and they're, they're at a different phase. And so I'm like, okay, how do I learn from that? Apply that to the phase that I'm at now. So like if you were, you're, you're in the phase that you're in now where you're like, hey, I'm chasing fun, doing all this stuff. But in 2016, Taylor, I was hypervigilant, focused. I'm sure there's lessons from the way that you're doing life now that you could teach 2016 Taylor about environment design. Or would you be like, no, dude, like you nailed it. You had to be vigilant to earn the right to be this way. So all encompassing like, how do we um, design our environment to make success as inevitable as possible, understanding like the season that we're at compared to who we're learning from? Yep. Um, I think it really is, again, subjective to what you want. If all you care about is like a financial bar, then you should make your environment as sterile as possible. If you care about a balanced portfolio of success, then uh, this is what I was missing, I think, early on, is my environment was, like, hyper-engineered just for money. Like, that's it. Um, and so it was too sterile. You know, like, I, I was, I was it, my routine was too perfect, and I was, like, addicted to the monotony of day-to-day, mm-hmm. -day, the same thing, the same blocking and tackling, like, over and over and over. But when, when you want your life to become balanced or holistically healthy, then you have, to, you have to remove a lot of the sterility. Like, you have to make sure that there's a little bit of an opportunity for life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So this is why I think, like, I think in 2016 I had perfection, and in 2021 I have vulnerability. Does that make sense? Like, like being aware of, I, I guess, like the, the not taking the suitcase, not coming here, kind of being, being aware of what's going on in the moment. Like, no, I'm going to. That, gonna but also just the idea of, like, there's, um, there are things that I'm not the greatest at. And, you know, you can ask the people that are close to me. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just, we're going to, you're going to die, dude. Like, it's going to be over. You don't have, I don't have time for, to be like perfect in everything. Yeah. It's not worth it. And that's like the opposite. It's the opposite advice that you get everywhere else. Like Sam Ovens will teach you to engineer your life in such a way that you cannot lose. Mm -hmm. I call bullshit. And now I have like, the both and like I can do both 
and, and it's a comparative analysis. And I don't want to live that way, but some people do. And if that's you, then you should do that, you know, but I tried it and it wasn't like the, the fruit of that was not good for me. Yeah. We can keep digging because I can tell I'm not giving you exactly what you're wanting. No. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm really wrestling with this at, at the moment of finding that balance. You know, I'm a couple weeks away from turning 40. Yeah. Four kids, like 12, 10, 6, 3. Yeah. Well, um, dude, here's what you're missing. Your, your greatest assets are already here. Mm-hmm. So you just settle down. That's what you're missing. Four kids? Mm-hmm. Dude, you're, like, you're rich. You're richer than me. You're richer than Sam. Like... It's crazy once you get it. Like, it's crazy once you get it. But, like, you know, I think we may spend our entire lives chasing things that, in the end, we wish that we would not have chased. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's partly why I wake up and I'm, like, grateful for trees and stupid shit. Because, <laughs> dude, I'm grateful that I caught it early. Like, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that you have to have kids to, like, some people don't want to. One of my good friends, Alex, he's like, we don't want kids. But, man, their lives are rich, too, and they have, like, dogs and stuff, and they travel, and it's, yeah, yeah. it just doesn't matter. Whatever it is for you, you have to make sure that the main thing is the main thing. Um, and everything else really just is an infrastructure to allow you to take care of those things. Does that make sense? No, it does. It, yeah, it does, it does uh, a lot because I, I, I'll, I'll start to put some of that infrastructure in place, and then it kind of gets away from me, and all of a sudden there's, you know, there's all these things, all these opportunities and things, and I'm, I'm putting my time into work, and it's like, oh, like this, um, I'm doing this, like, for them, like, right, I'm doing this to, to serve them, and then it begin, it literally becomes the thing that gets in the way of that, and when I see that show up, like, that's the, the, the kind of, like, gut punch for me, where I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, but gut punches are good. Yeah. That means you're not a narcissist. Yeah. You know who doesn't get gut punched about their own inadequacies? Narcissists. Yeah. They don't even recognize it. So that's, that would be something to be, like, proud of. It's like, yo, I'm getting gut punched by this. Like, cool, well, maybe you're actually a good human, you know? For sure. So reframe yeah. that. Reframe that part. No, it's, it, that, yeah, it's, that, that's super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, like, this last weekend, I got, I got some feedback from my six-year-old. And I'm oh like, boy. oh, yeah. Like, that was, um, and... I, I have for, and maybe that, that might be what's kind of like started to kind of like trigger some of this thought and like where, where I'm going. Yeah. But I'm like, I gotta, I have to respond to this because this is, that's what's important. So thank you. 100%. This is the follow up question. Okay. 2016 Taylor was, had a certain worldview, had a certain point of view. Yeah. So my follow up question is what do you personally think? allowed you to open up and see that this is in fact an abundant world and it is not a competitive world and it is a place where you're free to be who you are? That's a great question. I think it's a lot, a lot of things probably. It's probably not just one thing. Um, But I can go down a list uh, just off of the top of my head. Uh, And some of you who have been here a really long time, you'll probably have opinions as well. So you can just go to the mic, and we can just make this an exposing Taylor's journey day. 
for starters, I do feel like there was a level of, like, the thing that I thought would take me 30 years to achieve, I achieved it in 17 months. And then I was like, well, what, okay, well, wait, what do I do? Like, there was a, um, there was a crisis of sorts because I had, I won, but I didn't know what I won at, and it didn't make me feel any better. And I was just kind of like, well, this was dumb. You know, that was one. Um, I've always been pretty self-aware. And when I say pretty self-aware, I mean like supreme self-aware. Like I can, like I know how I feel about almost everything. So I think I also realized that I was, um, I was having the wrong effect on people. I was trying to help them, but I was kind of, they were turning into collateral damage. And so I didn't like that. Then I had a kid, which kind of messed me up for a while. <laughs> it did. So that, that was part of it as well, you know. That's probably why Chris is so, like, chilled out all the time. He's got four of them. Like, bro, you don't control anything in your life, bro. <laughs> so you are chill. So for me, we had, like, one kid, and I was like, oh, my environment's, like, really sterile. How do I know that? Because I have no environment anymore. Like, it's all over. Um, I don't know. You just, I just got mature. I don't know that there was any one thing. My life was really hard for quite a long time. So I think what I got from that was the ability and the resolve to, like, I can handle anything. But then I do think that I got to a place where I realized that I was, I was um, probably caring too much at once. Yes. So my question for you is when the child came into your life and you said it messed you up. Was that the catalyst that had you reassess or, you know, was your daughter, was it the collect, you know, what I'm asking is what did you notice that made you uncomfortable enough to change? Yeah, so I, I have just, I'll give you one takeaway. I probably haven't been as deep as what you would want me to go because I'm not, uh, I'm not spiritual enough yet to, to go there. But the big takeaway is that if this, if Kate grows up and she's working for a person like me, then I don't care whether what they are saying is correct or incorrect. If it like makes her cry, I'm going to go after them. And then I was like, oh, shoot. My career has been really based on like justifying the way I said it because of the contents of what I said. And I was like, that's not actually how it works. So that was when I began to unravel a bit of like my state is incorrect because I'm saying the right thing, but I'm disrespecting the human because of how I say it. And so you can push against someone's behavior while respecting their humanity at the same time. And that's a great balance. And I didn't have that balance. So that was kind of the beginning of that. Friends, really quick, you have to listen to this. When I started in 2015, I started taking clients as a freelancer. What I didn't know at the time was the things that I was doing were not normal and they worked better than I could have imagined. Within six months, I was clearing $25,000, dollars $40,000 a month as a freelancer. I looked around and people said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, isn't everybody doing this? They said, no, they're not. They're not doing this. What are you doing? We put together a product for you. It's the Freelance to Business Owner Manual. It's a manifesto of sorts. It kind of teaches and breaks down the secrets of going from a 
you know, a small up and down feast or famine freelancer to being a legitimate business builder and growing an organization that is consistent, predictable, safe, and enjoyable. Check it out, trafficandfunnels.com slash business, trafficandfunnels.com slash business. You can have it. Go there today.